Hello, hello. How are you guys Alrighty. doing? Alrighty. Welcome to Debrief. Here we are for another weekend here at the Debrief post APAC land final. So, spoiler alert. Yeah, so if you have not watched those yet and you want to watch those before you get spoilers, make sure to just, uh, I don't know, watch this later, I guess, after you watch those. But there will be definitely be spoilers. Obviously, there's always spoilers of the week that we just covered, but that was obviously fresh uh, from yesterday. So, we will be talking about that a bit. And I mean, those are the very first team that are confirmed going to land right now. That's a very good point. They actually finish uh, confirming who's going to land a lot earlier than the other regions do. There's still two, while this week we're going to know NA and EU, I guess. Uh, and then it's just seeding or knowing who's the first and the second in NA. But yeah, one more week and we'll be set about who's going to land and who's not. I think we all pretty much know. Although I'd say yeah. Latum is a little bit more of a surprise in that uh, phase is where they are. Yeah, but... I mean, I think it's fair to assume it's going to be EG, Rogue, Penta, and my personal pick will be 1-up for this one. Yes. But, um, uh, I mean, I'd like to be surprised, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Latum would be a little more interesting to to see who uh, who ends up going. And then uh, also, if it's... Uh, if if Nip is picking up someone that's going, for example, like I wonder if Nip is just waiting to see who's going, or they're they're picking someone up because I know there was rumors about that. Uh, yeah, picking up someone in Latin America. They they made an announcement this week that it finally happened. They're probably just waiting yeah. on 50k retweet before they announce it for real. They need I, to I, I don't know stop using social media until they learn how to use it. I guess <laughs> Twitter should, should remove their accounts. They're just Russian propaganda at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're gonna get there at some point, I guess. But uh, there's rumors, nothing confirmed, and yeah. they're probably gonna take their sweet time to do. Absolutely, of course. But uh, I guess we might as well start off talking about the APAC finals since that's the freshest here. Yeah, so we had we had some good teams, like we were talking about last episode. That there was a lot of good teams that were gonna be playing in it, and we definitely saw mostly what we would have predicted. But it was we did see an unfortunate way the brackets worked with single OLM that it didn't. Like the grand finals probably weren't who we would have liked to see because of the bracket. Yes, very much. I mean, Fnatic and Cryptic playing against each other is sad in a way because, I mean, those two teams would probably be the one going to LAN if there was a loser bracket. Yeah, that was the real finals, in my opinion, was that semifinals yeah. because uh, not only was that the only time Fnatic even lost a map, but it was a 5 0 against them on the map yes. they lost. Mm -hmm. So Cryptic definitely had some strength, and it's, I mean, only one of them could go, and so it's unfortunate. But we did get at least another Japanese team. So the ones that were mostly Ainz, which was Sengoku, uh, unfortunately dropped out because they had to fight Fnatic first. So again, the bracket's kind of hurting them, but that was a 2 0. And then uh, Noah Rengo, though, definitely managed to work their way towards the end. And I think they, I think they played decently well because uh, ViewSonic Darksided wasn't terrible, and they did manage to beat them. And then you know, in a 2-0 fashion to make it to the grand final. But then it was an easy 2-0 for Fnatic at that it point. It was. Mm -hmm. Well, Fnatic definitely having a lot more experience than a lot of team in APAC, Grand Region. Um, yeah. Definitely showing up. I mean, they've gone to the Invitational, performed well, came back with a lot of experience. And... Well, they've gone twice, really. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. First Cryptic on only once. Yeah. Cryptic actually went on PC, though. Like originally, they did, yeah. On the first uh, invitational, I think they were. Uh, I don't know if it's the, it's if it's the exact same roster. But no, they, but it's definitely. They went under um, what was it called? Envy? Was it Envy? Yeah, it, it was, was Envy right? at the time. Yeah. Yep. It was interesting. So it was, I, mean. it was, I I would like to see them go back. I wish the brackets yeah. hadn't worked out the way they did because I think it would have been fantastic to see them come back. But hopefully they stick around and keep at it because I think they struggled a little bit, but they've. I think they're doing well this time around and at least you know they're gonna get prize money i imagine and so it won't be terrible but it would have been nicer to see them mm -hmm, have their definitely. chance but the upside is japan can actually win money now so uh norengo going is uh not too bad for them it's just yeah. unfortunate for sengoku the second chance around exactly i mean yeah with, with that change the japanese team have now they can much money much tournament it's just great to see them going. I mean, it's it's a great occasion for them to grab experience, and they're probably going to be showing up uh, a lot more in the upcoming season. Since you know, it's great experience to just go to LAN and actually play um, against NAEU and Brazil. Yeah. 
Hey. Oh, apparently, according to Alex, it's not the same NV roster on a. It's not. I mean, there's but Lunar Metal. I know. I, yeah, I know Lunar Metal for sure, but I don't know about the rest necessarily. Yeah. Oh well. Like we've said before, it's it's a little bit hard to follow these. Um, I mean, to be region. fair, it's not the same fanatic either. No. Like it's not the same roster. Like Dizzle right. went to coach, and then they picked up a lot of new people and changed people around oh, a, along the way. So. But uh, as as Alex points out as well, they lost two one to Era, and that was actually a really good match. That was Era was, that's yeah. now so. But uh, I mean, I know they had a lot of help from uh, some NA team, like Flipside back in the days, to actually perform, and uh, it probably helped, uh, especially on the first map Clubhouse. Uh, I know they helped them yeah. a lot to figure out what yeah. was uh, Era's strategy and just counter it, and it definitely showed because. They were so fast and so good on the execution. It was amazing to see. If you guys want to go back, the video is still out on um, Rainbow Six YouTube channel, and it's good it's good. It's like very, very good, very strong, very coordinated, more than you expect from a team that back in the days was not super well known, uh, especially since they came from you know the APAC region. Yeah, it's a good point. But uh, I, I'm glad to see Fnatic getting where they are because they've kind of earned it in terms of uh, really working hard and actually playing well off of their losses at lands, like taking mm -hmm. those, going back and just playing stronger. Like they're, I mean, it sucks for the other teams there in a way, but they're helping boost the whole region by bringing good play. So like it's like they're taking play from the uh, the whole other regions that they play against at the land finals, you know, the international yeah. ones, bringing those back to the region and then giving some good competition for the rest of the teams to learn from at those lands. So all the teams that participated in this last land that just ended, you know, hopefully will if they're a good team, will gain from what Fnatic did, um, even if they didn't play directly against them. So, you know, teams like Sengoku will, you know, get to be a little bit stronger, Dark Darksided, um, you know, even teams like Latency and stuff like that. And then, unfortunately, the team that was... Uh, Formerly Mantis didn't quite make it either. They but they they put up a decent fight. They uh when it, they became um Yeti and then they became uh Mystic uh something. Sorry, yeah, right. Element Element Mystic. That's what it was. It's a weird name. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some of these names are harder to pronounce than what we're used to. But I mean, it, it's great, like you said, in a way to get a new team like that going to land because it's just experience that's gonna spread. Because right now you have um. Fnatic, who's spreading some experience they got from the Invitational into their own region, then it's going to be the time for, for that Japanese team to just spread some you know experience down the team they're going to play and scrim against. And slowly but surely, the region is going to get more and more. Question is, how is Fnatic going to do at LAN? Because last LAN was Invitational where they had uh, the group stages to warm up. Yes. I think that was actually something that benefited them once they finally got to the, the main stage kind of yeah. play because they had basically worked their way through group stages and were, I would say, probably more comfortable than, although at least they're coming off the back of a, of a land right now, um, but there's going to be a bit of a gap before they get to the next one. So uh, hopefully they can show up like fresh and ready to go at, at Atlantic City because it's not going to be like, there's not going to be any room to coast. It's going to be just hit the ground running once you get there. And I mean, unlike uh, the Invitational, which had group stage, um, the land final we're going to have right now is just the best of the best of every region. Because the difference between the Invitational was there, there was a wider range of skills because there was uh, 16, 16 teams from across all regions. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform based on off of that because the challenge is definitely going to be harder than at Invitational. Yeah. But I mean, at least at the Invitational, they did beat uh, Liquid and Room Factory. Like, they played really well. So it's like, they, I mean, it's not like they uh, were against, like, garbage teams or something. But it was, but I do think that, like, not having to play on the main stage to begin with and just kind of being able to get through some of those early ones yeah. helped. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy matches either. I'm not, I don't I mean to imply that it was just easy matches. I just mean that they didn't have to start right on the main stage against the finalists. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Definitely looking forward to it. I still don't think it's like their season. I don't think they're going to win anything. No, probably not. Line, but I don't even think it's Latin American season. It's going to be yet, interesting so. to see how they improved um, since the last uh, time we saw them play on LAN. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like this might be um, North America season. 
But it's hard to say because, so. like, I feel like one up and Penta are always going to make it really, really hard for that to be the case. And I think it's going to come at some down, somewhat down to the brackets in terms of who gets the easier or harder bracket, like filtering people out before the grand finals. So it's, I mean, it's really hard to, to kind of be sure on that. I still feel like NA are going to be pretty strong because uh, EG is still really strong, but and Rogue is much stronger now. But then, you know, so like, too. what up is you know, took took maps off of uh, EG and played really well and are even stronger now. And then Penta are obviously not going to be slacking unless they play like they did it in Brazil. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've seen Penta as strong as we are used to see them this season. Uh, I don't know yeah, what they, it they is about. Yeah, they started pretty rocky. But, well, the uh, second match was rocky. Yeah, but, I mean, Penta is a team that definitely perform and show shows up at LAN for sure. And they have, like great like preparation to go into a land game and there i think still is a team to reckon with because uh yeah penta is carry man <laughs> but hopefully like, uh... hopefully for the like general health of the scene we're gonna see a new team go up and win it would be amazing if it was one up like that would be yeah. good revenge for ks mm -hmm. especially i know we like to joke about the whole revenge thing but i think it is funny to like go to a team that was actually not doing very good make a few roster changes along with bringing ks and all of a sudden they're like top tier contenders it's like that definitely made a difference for sure yeah i'd like to see some switch up in the team that goes to the finals and just win land i mean it's been yeah. penta for a while now it's you know something fresh some new stories, some new, uh, you know, player to talk about and stuff like that. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I'm gonna also get into the the matches for this uh, week. From starting with NA, I guess was, I mean, a lot of the matches this week surprising were rematches because of uh, you know, the way the losers bracket double elimination works. So both NA ones for were rematches, for example, and then one of the matches in the other two regions each were rematches. So it was interesting. Like in the rematches for NA, especially. Both ended in two ones, so it was interesting to see kind of the middle ground teams. Yeah, really like kind of neck and neck, which is good because that means we don't have a super like top four heavy um, NA. Although we do kind of have a top two heavy in the, at the moment in this in a sense, but we do. Uh, it just means like the top the top six are all pretty good as opposed to the bottom two at the moment, which are pretty much uh, <laughs> CLG and uh, Ronin. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I mean. The, like so starting with ssg versus obey though like obey is one that's kind of struggled still like i feel like they're still kind of bottom three but they at least put up a good start and ssg like kind of same as last time took a while to warm up yeah and but uh i don't know about you but that felt like both of these games were similar in a way that the winning team took like a map and a half just to get going and start winning and do actually somewhat well because you know ssg obey SSG just potatoed all the way up into the second map. Yeah. And same thing goes for SK. It was... Yeah. I don't know what happened there, but both of these teams look super weak, and then they just stepped it up and, you know, just kind of warmed up, I guess, and just kind of won. But it's... Yeah, it, it was interesting, because those two games felt the same to me. It, it felt like I was watching the same game all the way. Yeah. Uh, although I still, I, I have to say I enjoy the SK Mouse one more just because those guys are doing some, some nutty stuff sometimes. Because, uh, like, SK is the team that, you know, formerly Flipside known for doing, like, kind of weird ideas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And Mouse has proven to really be that this season as well. So I feel like that was a little more interesting in terms of, like, weird things being done as opposed to just, like, you know, half the players potatoing. Yeah. yeah but like, there's there's yeah. definitely potential in Obey and Mouse. Um I mean, they just need to stick together, work, uh, you know, on coordination and just communication, I guess, and they'll get there because I mean, all the players there are doing all right. Yeah, there's no like dead weight that are consistently dead weight. Yeah, I mean, uh, on Obey, like I feel like there is a little bit in terms of Gurmy. Um, he's definitely been like not playing well ever since the ping changes, and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and also Alex likes yeah. Alex, our resident corrector over here, likes to point out that Ronin is now Hat, but I You're still right. call them Ronin because they haven't played a match on stream as Hat yet. Yeah, so, and I mean a I'm lot of people don't Ronin. follow the news uh, yeah, like, exactly. on a day-to-day -day so. kind of thing, so they're more familiar with Ronin or with Hat. 
Yeah, plus Hat's not really like a real org, so to speak. It's just kind of a placeholder right now anyway, so that's like soon TM at this point, you know? So Yeah. But, I mean, uh, they... but yeah, they did make some changes as well. They did drop Nine Line and pick up Kush, so uh, I don't know. I mean, Kush goes all the way back to like uh, playing with the guys that you know, eventually formed the teams that became, you know, Rogue. So, Orbit. like, he has history going all the way back. Yeah, Orbit days. But, I mean, you also have another player from those days, Justin, who's been kind of playing in Challenger League. So, it's kind of funny to see, like, those old legacy players kind of slowly, f like, filtering back in. Mm -hmm. And speaking of which, that's why you have Benji as well on Obey, is going back to that same lineage. Like, we have this, this old, uh, like, Team Mystic and Orbit. Like, those two teams, like, were the formation of, like, a lot of players uh going out like they were the original na sort of forefathers so to speak of uh, yeah. most of the people we have today but back in the day the game was a very very different place yeah very different i don't know if there's still video available because uh not everything was streamed on uh, only half the matches were. and half the match were and some were not like saved anywhere so th yeah. there's a lot of them like lost to history but it was interesting <laughs> you know Playing a game on plane was something interesting, definitely. <laughs> the old uh, recruit C4 and barbed wire strat. Oh yeah, it was the best. That was, or that even was the best. Um, it was a, at some point uh, when the windows of the cars were bulletproof. Some interesting oh, plays yeah. in bank and all things. That was, that that went on for a while, like uh, for a while. The, yeah. the consulate basement, uh, the garage, the cars in front of that were like. A, a fun defense for a while yep but anyway but, uh, getting back to the match too like i i think it was good to see um some of the players like really showing up like we had a good change up of who showed up in sk versus mouse so like for example before mint and pojo had kind of been the the standout players for for uh, uh sk but this time Matt, hot and cold showed up really well and jarvis really showed up finally to make up for kind of struggling the previous two times especially i have to say on vigil like, I was talking about how I felt like maybe he just wasn't finding his role, but Vigil definitely was his role, like, especially on Chalet, like, playing that really well. High fragging uh, role. Definitely needs to get some kills. Just, not even just the fragging, just him, like, really buying time and staying alive, like, despite oh, yeah. them hunting him. Mm -hmm. That was great. Definitely. What I thought was interesting, too, is, like, uh, so Vandal and Vertical were still both playing really good, and Vertical, of course, being still really good on the, the roam, but the whole team being very, very roam-heavy, it was interesting to see, like, the struggles with that, and then SK just finally being like, you know what, just bring Mint on, on Blitz again, and we'll just roam clear that way, and that's when, the, like, the tide shifted, when they were just like, screw this clearing with drones, let's just bring a man with a shield on his face, walking around. Mint on Blitz is definitely something scary that uh, I think I'd like to be playing against. Uh, especially I mean, it was heavy um, fragging, though, with it. It was just really good on the realm clear. It was just annoying. That's what he was. He was just <laughs> annoying. You know, he was like standing in the doorway saying, Hey, I got a shield in my face. Uh, if you try to come closer, you're dead. If you do nothing, someone's going to frag you from behind me. And, you know, yeah. fuck you in general, I guess. <laughs> well, with Blitz players, too, you don't have to be good at killing. You just have to be good at staying alive yeah. and in their yeah. face. Like... Because if you can just stay alive and in their face and they're sitting there trying to shoot at you, that gives a lot of time for your teammate to just come up and get the kill. Yes. So that, I mean, that helps. That's um, really the point. I, I feel like, honestly, once Lion is nerfed, you're going to see an even stronger uh, mouse next season. Because uh, like the Rogue game is so good. If they didn't have to deal with things like Lion, I feel like they would be even stronger. Like Especially the way they could play some of those Rome roles like Vigil as well. I think it'll just be, I don't know, they'll be pretty nutty. Uh, next season i think they'll be a lot stronger team even than we've seen this season i mean i think that's the case for a lot of teams that still uh, struggle to uh, incorporate in, I, don't, I don't think and, it'll help ends at this point in their strat incorporating lion and playing properly and on the other side playing against lion teams have a really hard time doing it. yeah absolutely i mean it's uh, it'll definitely see like because things will obviously shake up with new operators as well by next season. So oh, the operator ban is going to be interesting. Then. Oh yeah, and I didn't didn't get into the operator ban. Yeah, that'll definitely yep. shake things up as well. So it's hard to say, but I feel like teams that have really good roam play are are good flexible in terms of being able to play both attack and defense to an extent. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, all these teams will be playing different, and there might be roster changes and all that before the next season. But thankfully, it won't be a large gap. So it shouldn't be terrible. Hopefully. I mean, but, it's uh, going to be more and more interesting uh, to keep up with, you know, gathering strat, 
uh, not strat, but stats on who's yeah. being banned, who bans who, and you know, pick oh, like my, that. It's gonna be uh, fun. We're gonna definitely have to lean on Spleck next season We're for gonna sure. We're gonna have to lean heavy on him. <laughs> not, not that we don't already, but maybe we'll get uh, ESL to just hire him, and then uh, and then Finn will cry. Just get an API in game that released a folder. folder <laughs> yeah, there we everything. go. That would be that would be the that ideal. would be easier. Moving on to uh, LATAM. Bootcamp versus Team 1 for like the millionth time, if you count BR6. That went pretty yeah. much how I would expect it, but it was Team 1 struggled a little bit at first, but man, not a surprise to see them too. Oh, that, that's a team that's actually been getting stronger. Uh, Bootcamp, where's the team? They're down there with, with Red in terms of just being like the weakest two teams for sure in that region. Like they're just not great. And like they only won against Team 1 the one time they that Team 1 was forced to play with their old player. Uh, because of the roster three fifths rule, they had to play that one off stream. But uh, Team One have been—I think they've been playing pretty good, and I—I I think they're like some of the teams have been getting almost worse over the season, and they're one that's been getting better. And this is one that got better. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Liquid got better as well. I would say because like Liquid phase definitely didn't go how I expected it, and so like Phase are obviously still a good team because they just stomped BRK no problem. But it was just like Liquid somehow just found like their weakness that match, and uh, and now you know cost them down to the losers bracket. Yeah, I still don't think it's gonna be uh, Team One going to land. Oh no, no, it would have but, to be. Uh, like, it was gonna be anyone from losers bracket be phased. Yeah, it's gonna be you know interesting to see, but I don't think there's gonna be any big surprise here uh, in the yeah. upcoming week. I think it was going to land and it was not. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but uh, I would like to see FaZe go back to land, but losing to Liquid, I think, really changed things up in terms of what we all expected. Yeah. Uh, so I just hope if Liquid's going that they show up, like they really didn't show up last land, and I would hate to see them under that big org fail to show up yet again. But uh, I don't know, right. like Latin America overall has just been like, really wacky this season, and it's not been great most of the time. Like I haven't been impressed at all with Latin America, and I'm not sure what's going on with the region. Like I have a lot of theories, but who knows? I don't speak Portuguese anyways. But uh, they just, I don't know, they've been playing really weird. Like, even the phase BRK, like, just the ri ridiculous, like, chalet trophy window plays that we see out of Latham still. I don't know, there's just the wacky stuff. Or even the, like, the clutch attempts, like, cameraman, like, with, like, you know, 1v5 almost clutches and stuff. It's just, I don't know, weird play. Yeah, I think, I, I, think, I mean, it's more prominent in Latham, how they just play weird. But, I mean... Can say the same for NA. Some teams, I feel like they they're just struggling to completely adapt to yeah. the new playstyle that Lions uh, imposes on the game. It, it's a very, very, very aggressive playstyle, or much more than previous season anyway. And I feel like people are not super comfortable with that playstyle just yet. Um, they're they're still used are. to yeah. Some some are. I mean, you see one up. They're just doing great. A mouse as well as well you're right but like the majority of teams just are not they don't feel as comfortable as they used to be on most map and i think yeah. lion has a big uh say in that yeah it'll be interesting because once he's kind of nerfed i hope things kind of shift to in a new direction and then we'll have two new i would assume defensive operators to kind of shake things up on that side i'm i'm personally not a big fan of the two attackers and then two defenders because that imbalances it a little too much versus the way we were doing before i think was a lot better but uh, maybe after this next two defender release they'll go back to the old style or not i don't know we'll see like it's it's been kind of wacky because we saw it flip way over to attack sided once they did the two attackers again this time and i wonder is it still super attacker sided I mean, it's it's kind of odd because it's like it's not like they went over to attackers. Side bad, to right? Both the attackers. Well, it's still. I mean, it depends on the map for sure. Like yeah. we saw, for example, this week Bank went really attacker sided, which was strange because Bank has been one that's been a bit better for defenders. But uh, you know, teams have been adjusting because Bank has been played a lot. And then uh, Border was decent this week. Consulate was like they were really uh, struggling on attack. Like defense was really doing well in Consulate, and that's been a, the second best. But that one and Bank have been the two best maps. So. Yeah. But, uh, and then still no skyscraper. I think still it's gonna no be a record to have a season where we get this deep in and completely ignore one map it, it, for all the, regions. I think it's the only map that hasn't been played right. Yeah, I think it's the only it, map. It or, is. It's I don't the know one that's never been played. I don't know why people are uh, not playing this map at all. 
Maybe it's not going well in scrims and no one wants to touch it. I don't know. Maybe Lion is just too uh too good on this map and you wanna you don't wanna gamble away uh your game based off of are you gonna get attacked two times in a row? I don't know, this is just speculation, but it's kinda of weird to not see a map like that. It was kind of played somewhat regularly before that like just not played at all right now. Like at all. Yeah. Well, uh, moving on to EU. Millennium versus Mocket. Uh, Mocket's, you know, still not that great of a team, but it was interesting to see them be able to take at least one map off Millennium, who are just kind of like up and down. And I feel like, I don't know, the Hicks, unfortunately, probably needs to be dropped. Uh, like, he's just not been doing well at all. It hasn't been uh, working out much no it's unfortunate because like i think hicks is a good player but maybe he's just not fitting in on that team or whatever but i i don't know he's just been not doing so great yeah let's get to see you sarah what's up you sarah we gave some shout outs to cryptic earlier Ooh. so uh unfortunate i really would love to see you guys coming to atlantic city and i i hate the way the brackets worked out Rib bracket but uh, we'll get him next time yeah. yeah you guys stick around please see oh you guys yeah next time. if you stick around you're gonna make it sure for sure Get but, bracket uh, fucked two times in a row with another. <laughs> I, I'm sure they won't be any, well, hopefully they'll you change know, single LM. Yeah, it's not going to be yeah. single elimination again. Please do double them next can't. time. Yeah. It can't. Well, at least at least there's a six month season for, I think right because Apex going to be six month season as well. So then at least they'll have plenty of time to be playing. So yeah, I mean you you got your st your spot reserved, uh, so you're good. I hope Cryptic as an org pays okay, like so that you guys can do well throughout that as well. Plus, there's some prize money, I hope, from, from Sydney. Hopefully. Hopefully. But uh, uh, Coming back, back to, to Millennium, Millennium yeah. yeah. Panic's really not doing so good. Like, he'd been kind of carrying the team a little bit before, but, man, him doing really bad did not bode well for them. But this time. game, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's... I, I would have assumed Millennium would have done better than they did, especially considering they went to the Gamers Assembly Final against uh, Vitality. But I don't know if it's market just showing up big time compared to what we're used to. Millennium yeah, felt know. weak to me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's all about Renshiro. Like, he's really, like, the strong player on that team for sure. Like, especially on BB, like, Blackbeard. He's he's a really strong Blackbeard main. Like, and I think he's part of the reason that the win rate for Blackbeard was especially high this week. Is because of players like him that, are just, that do really well with it. Which I thought was weird. Like I looked at the, so I was looking at the the win rates for the different operators, and Blackbeard's the least picked attack operator of all the ones above six percent. Yeah, he has the highest win rate. Now I know that's because he has a small sample size because he's the least picked. But I think it's still interesting to see that when Blackbeard is finally picked, it generally works out fairly well for the team. So it's like you pick him if you're really good with him. Otherwise, don't bother. Right? It's like one of those kind of operators. Yeah. So with people like Rinshiro, I think that works out really well. And considering, you know, there's a simple error in there. Fine, but he's the yeah. he's the operator with the highest win rate. Yeah. Of all it's, the operators. The closest is Jackal with like fifty. Yeah, and that's been interesting too. Like uh I mean I don't know if that's always really due to like Jackal's utility or stuff like that, or the fact that he's just really assisting his team in the kills. Like, because maybe it's not his, you know, maybe he's not top fragging or anything, but maybe he's doing enough in terms of roam pinches for the team that is contributing to overall wins of that round. And I think probably still, despite, you know, Lion getting nerfed, I think next season we'll see Jackal play quite a bit as well. Jackal, yeah. I mean, I, I think people are playing more and more Jackal as uh, he's yeah. having a highest higher pick rate than he used to, especially when, you know, the first time we we really saw Jackal being played uh, more consistently, anyway, was I don't know if it's a season or two uh, ago when uh, SK or Flipside back in the days started to play Jackal on bank. That was quite a few every round. Ago. Yeah, I think that was like going back to like middle of last year or earlier. I think so. Like when that, banks started coming, that was the very first time we've seen Jackal uh, played. Uh, somewhat consistently, and ever since then, the pick rate has grown. Yeah, Bank was kind of his map to shine, and then yeah. since then, people like like Canadian seems to really push Jackal, <clears throat> although maybe not as much anymore. But he definitely did an invitational, for example, like really push Jackal. Like, I mean, I don't know. He's always big on hunting people down with pulse, so maybe he just figured I'll do that as an attacker as well. I don't know, but uh, but there are certain people that want to push him, which is good. 
see like uh even like um we saw a lot of uh jackal from uh, jarvis as well for example this this uh, yep. last week yep. so um and then we saw it from the other side as well from, yeah uh, mouse i can't remember who on mouse was playing jackal though i can't either i i usually don't pay attention to the name i just look at the, the operator roster I just thought it was funny because, like, you know, the Jackal's trying to hunt down the Vigil, and so Jarvis is playing yeah. both his role and his counter. Yeah. But, uh... And... Chaos versus Vitality was interesting. Yeah, that game was interesting. Just that was Vitality. a as well. Stomping. Yeah. Well, it was funny because it was actually pretty Stomping. close last time. Like, when it was DC versus Vitality the first time. I think it was a 2-1. But, like, that was both teams just throwing so hard. Yeah, it was a 2-1, and both teams were just making a series of total mistakes. mistakes and 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 it wasn't like you know like uh necessarily playing bad like as in like just potatoing it was more just like doing like things that just didn't make a lot of sense or just getting maybe too tilted or whatever it was but like vitality having kind of really got their core down winning gamers assembly and like really just i don't know like they have kind of found their mojo for the season i think it was an easy 2-0 for them for the most part and digital chaos like have been very up and down and kind of struggling there i mean they're sort of a new team in the sense that like they have two new players but i think it's funny that the three core players were actually did the worst this this time like the two yeah. pickups red groove and crips were actually doing better than the other three so it was kind of funny that uh that, i don't know maybe those those core three like secretly was actually secretly doing just a lot worse oof. than usual unfortunately for him because he's actually one of the, definitely one of the best players on that team so it's just like an off day for him and i think it i think that was part of what cost them the day it was not as weak for sure i mean 5-2-5-2 win from vitality against dc and just dc being completely shut down it was i i, I mean compared to the first game vitality was definitely having an off game the first time they uh fought each other this time vitality was there and dc oh yeah it's not it, it i mean <laughs> the amount of mistakes they made <clears throat> i mean for vitality to win tower and kitchen as easy as it was, it's just DC completely disorganized. Yeah, I mean, we got to give a lot of credit to players like Brid, though, who usually aren't showing up at the top like they are, but Brid was just kicking butt. Uh, like, Bibu usually is, like, you know, having to do a lot of the work for the team sometimes, but, and Spark has been a very solid player as well, but Brid really showed up that day, and I think that helped make it such a convincing 2-0 as well, like, that it wasn't all on Bibu and Spark. I mean, Rafael and Zephyr have been kind of a little up and down, but I gotta give a lot of credit to Brid for sure. It, I mean, there's there's not much else to say on this uh, this game. It was outside of the, just the tower kitchen defenses, clear of course. domination from Vitality. And yes, yeah. the tower. I mean, it, we we call it a tower defense, but it was mostly the kids dorms. and dorms defense because yeah. all the actions happened there. And every attacking operator, they. Pretty much nearly all died from there, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I Just think it would be interesting to see if that gets tried again from some other teams. It's yeah. kind of a probably, you know, probably not at land finals. I can't imagine unless they want to just keep that as a pocket strat. But I liked the idea of let's defend. I mean, because Vitality is a team, like actually our team that have always played kind of a somewhat retake strategy. A lot of times, like, for example, I remember when we were first really focusing on retake strategies uh, from teams, one of the, the maps we were doing was Vitality playing on you know, back when they were Supremacy, playing on dorms uh, on Oregon. Like, they were one of the ones that would play a very retake-heavy strategy for that site. So it's not too big of a surprise, I guess, to see them play dorms for a sort of retake strategy of tower in the sense of playing very off-site. And so I think as a team, they're, they're strong on that already. But I would like to see other teams really think more about some of these sites in terms of off-site play. Because even, like, for example, you know, the, the kitchen defense that they did, obviously they're not sitting there playing and dining the whole time. No. You know, they're playing outside of that sort of stuff. And I think as a team from playing playing from outside, they're very good at that. And other teams that are good at that maybe should start looking at sites that can be played a little off-site more. Like, I don't know, maybe there is a strategy, for example, for Master Bedroom on Chalet, if you're playing it very off-site for retake. That one could be a little riskier, but there are ways to play if you can stay secure, for example, library and play from the West Main Stairs well and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like maybe... Some of this stuff could be the tip of some possibilities that we're just not seeing yet. Maybe new defensive operators will change that. Definitely. I mean, I... We don't know yet what it is, so it's hard to say, but... I mean, every season, uh, there, there's been some changes. Ella, big-time change, just because she was very good. I think the 
best and biggest change we've had was Mira. Yeah. And hopefully we can get an operator to change the game in a good way, like Mira. I think that's, I mean, it's always a big ask to hope that, like, one operator is going to change it that much. Like, I mean, I guess Lion did this season, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll get change in a good way. Correction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, who knows what, what the lies in store for next season's operators, but uh, one could hope that at least helps even things out in terms of the way things are right now, balances it so we get more to back to that sort of 50-50. But, uh, but if you haven't watched it, go watch uh, Tower Vitality, their defense. Yeah. It's... Uh... The last two defensive, the last two round, defensive that, round, right? Yeah, of the of the match. So you can kind of skip towards the end, towards the last few rounds. Definitely worth your time, and yeah, I mean, I won't say more because I don't want to spoil it. It's good. Yeah, it was good though. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We had some some interesting matches. I think it was interesting. So I was taking a look at the maps for APAC, the APAC finals, <laughs> right? And one thing I thought was interesting was they played a lot of consulate. So they had five consulate plays. Uh, just uh, across the two days. And then three Chalet, Oregon, and Border, two Clubhouse, but then Bank Cafe were just once, which was surprising because those have been really well played in Pro League. And then no Coastline at all. And and uh, no Skyscraper. No Skyscraper either. No, no that so, was my like, question. Yeah, oh, definitely no Skyscraper. No one wants to play that this season, apparently. Right. But, uh, but I thought it was funny that it was no Coastline at all. And then Constant was just really well played. Like, uh, Which, I mean, it's not, it's not a great, I mean, not a bad thing because it's good because Consulate is probably going to be, it's been played a lot by the other regions and it's very likely then to be played in Atlantic City. So it means they'll be a little more prepared for that. But the lack of playing Bank Cafe makes me worry about this, that those two teams going into uh, Atlantic City in terms of uh, all the other regions have been playing a lot of Bank and Cafe. So they're going to be a bit more prepared. Uh, and I think, obviously, if you're those other regions and you're going to be matched up against APAC, you start thinking about, well, they obviously didn't want to play those maps for a reason. Those are some weaknesses we could take advantage of. Same with Clubhouse. So, I don't know. Obviously, there's individual plays you can look at and things like that. But just overall, as a trend for over the two days, I think it's an interesting like, footnote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm still surprised we haven't seen across all region no game on skyscraper and it's not like it's a like people hate it. it it was i mean it was played at the very first invitational even like it's been played for yeah. a while like i mean at some point it was the map that people were uh relying on for their third map you know, yeah uh, i'm honestly surprised seasons ago yeah. i'm surprised to, to not see sk or mouse on it so like because sk back when flip side were actually really strong on, on yeah. skyscraper and I feel like, if I remember correctly, Mouse, when they were Bird, even like had a pretty good Skyscraper. I would have liked to see SK Mouse Skyscraper, for sure, especially with the Rome game that Mouse has right now. I think that would be a really good match. I would have, I would have loved to see that, but who knows, maybe, uh, maybe down the line. But it's definitely not this season, it seems like. I mean, we still, have, we still have play days left, still could happen. But man, if we go the whole season without a single Skyscraper, that would be super weird. Considering Clubhouse is the map getting the rework, yet we're still right. seeing plenty of that. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. One can hope that would be amazing if I mean it would it would be kind of I guess a dick move, but it would be amazing to see new clubhouse debut at Atlantic City finals. Like just bring it out and just be like, if you want to play clubhouse, you're playing new clubhouse. Get ready. Mm. Like now you or but like give them a little bit of time, like release it like right at the end, like before relegations Wait. to give them time to like develop strats on it, but like debut the strats at the uh, the actual event that would be super cool. Now uh, they need to make a show match between pro players who are done playing oh, maybe they on that. this map. That's what yeah, needs to happen. I'm gonna suggest that. I'm gonna suggest that if if there's gonna be a show match, I'm gonna make that suggestion to some of the UB people because I think that would be really cool. Because I know a lot of people are like wondering how it's gonna play out, like myself included. Uh, and I would love to see like teams maybe even have to figure it out somewhat on the fly, and really help inspire the next season if it'll be ready for that. So yeah, that'd be a really cool idea. I'm I'm definitely down for that. Although I, have, I think that's the best thing they can do. Chances are, if there's a show match, that would probably be on whatever the Italian map is. Yeah, you're probably right, but uh, yeah, you're I don't even right. think there's even been any leaks or rumors about the Italian maps. People like uh, there were supposed leaks or rumors about the operators, but none about the map yet. Like yeah. I think they're don't they usually do Easter eggs now? Like hasn't someone played detective enough to figure out where it's gonna be? Can't say I watch uh, leaks all that much. I so, don't ever uh, go to the main Reddit either, so I yeah. don't. I don't know. It's probably there if it is there. I just it's probably don't there. Yeah. Like to wade through that swamp. 
it's so, yeah. it's usually people overreacting to what they don't really understand and it's just a very you mean vague this entire definition. Season's meta? <laughs> yeah. Got okay. him. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh damn. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's been interesting to see the op picks kind of develop over time as well. Like I mean Lion's so still sitting comfortably at one hundred percent. Cannot wait till that guy is like it was so nice to see like when they pretty much got rid of Ella, like good riddance to that. And now we need to see the same for Lion. Blackbeard is sitting good where he's at. Like Montaigne's even kind of sitting at a decent place. Blitz is in. Eh. Uh but like even Yink Glass has been fairly balanced like this season. Like I haven't seen too many people abusing that. Like it's really not been like this thing people are super scared of. And it's like honestly, I think. The, the win rate with Lion shows that, like, Lion is far from a guaranteed win. I mean, obviously, he's picked almost every round, so the yeah. win rate's going to be a little funky. But if attackers are winning a lot of the time and his win rate's below 50%, that just goes to show that he's definitely a little bit of a crutch for some team. Like, obviously, like, teams like Ents that just aren't exploiting him as well. But I think overall, he's still too much of a crutch for teams. And it's good to see teams like Rogue willing to forego uh, Lion because they're good as a team and don't need those crutches that was a point i wanted to talk about next week oh, it's gonna be interesting to see how rogue is gonna do if they're gonna keep up with their you know not using lion uh, strategy well, they still brought it out sometimes but yeah. it always it always was like when they felt like they need to like i talked easily a little about it as well too and it's just like they didn't feel like they needed to like it wasn't if it wasn't part of their strat like what they didn't force it out and obviously they have you know people like ranger that will help with that in terms of like pushing what he thinks is the right thing to do regardless of what the current dumb meta is yeah like Finn, officially finn's saying the win rate machine might be broken and that it's actually 51 percent. so yeah, it doesn't change uh, all that much you made the infographic finn so you know you're bad dog you're bad dog <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, I don't know, we'll see like uh, you can't go off of the stats too much in terms of that it's still an evolving meta and like you know things vary and stuff but i just still think he's a bit of a crutch like i think whether or not the stats back that up i think he is i think so and, like we said it's good to see teams like rogue not doing it i would like to see eg forego it as well like i remember times definitely when eg really felt forced to use the meta like with glass and stuff like that in the past and really hated it and that's why they still don't have that great of a glass player like necrox is okay but they don't really have anyone that's like oh i'm all about glass they don't have anyone like rips for example is on one up that's just like rocks that glass but doesn't always have to play it so like Rips didn't even play Glass the last time really, and but when he does, he plays it really well, and it's like it's you don't have to main it necessarily to be good at it, but you do it does help to have someone on your team that's very yeah. comfortable playing that role. It does help. I mean, it's a very impactful player uh, operator. So if you're not playing it right and just dying without ever a complete a, like doing anything, it's not worth it. Well, it's you, like, you'd write it's you'd... like Lion. You know, it's so strong that if you don't really use it, then it's really wasting a pick. It really is. I mean, if, like, you play an OP operator, but you would be better off playing someone else, might as well play someone else. Absolutely. But, I don't know. It's definitely interesting to see, like, even Ying is dropping off somewhat as people are, like, not leaning on it so much. They're just like, eh. You know, like, it works for some teams. It doesn't work for others. I feel like some teams are trying to force it out or trying to play it in a way that's, like, just not really working out for them. They just think it's like, a, oh, we'll just throw smokes and candles in a room and we'll win. Like that's our strap. And it's like, I don't. I think there's more nuance to it than that. And that's why we we highlight players like Hungry so much because they know how to play to the nuance more in terms of how to utilize that. Like, I mean, there's not a lot of people that can play that that shotgun well, for example. But he plays it well because he knows how to play with his utility so that he can get up close with those shotgun kills yeah. as well as use it with his team. And I don't know, I feel like there's just some people, like as the meta shifts, some teams do better in adapting to how an operator affects things than others in terms of like, okay, we can take this operator and we can use those nuanced elements versus just doing the obvious thing. Oh, I'm glass. Obviously, I should just smoke and stand in a doorway I'm, and hope I can kill everyone first. That, that's a problem I feel like a lot of teams have is they have this general idea of how you should play one operator, but it's general to the point where it's just you know throw your smokes around there around the time we're going to be at this point in the map and it needs to be more precise than that if you really want to have like good coordination it needs to be pinpoint exact yeah. moment when your teammates are ready and the push is like called go 
And a lot of time, it's it's not a case. I mean, even sometimes you see some teams who, you know, they have the diffuser. They say, go plant, but they don't know where they want to plant the bomb. So they plant it in a spot where they don't have a good angle and it's hard to defend and just to, you know, keep an eye on it without being too exposed from the defensive team. I feel like, you know, the exact spot where the diffuser needs to be planted needs to be something defined even before the game starts. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, that's hard too because planning attack strats can be a lot more difficult than planning defense strats because defense yeah. strats, you get to execute the basic part of them during a, a yeah, part of the prep. round when you're uncontested. Like, it's prep phase. Like, as long as you can execute it fast enough and make sure the shock drone doesn't screw you over, you're pretty much uncontested in that setup. Like, you can do it and there's very little the attackers can do about it. Whereas, obviously, all the what everything the attackers do, including droning, can be contested by the defenders during the prep phase. So the defenders technically have an advantage big time in strats, but yeah, attackers obviously need to have at least a baseline strat or it's just going to be like, uh, let's kind of figure it out as we go and then somehow we lose. Oh, well, how did that happen? So Definitely. I mean, the defense is more like step-by-step um, -step things you're going to do all the way up to the late uh, round. Uh, whereas offense is more like, okay, so what is going on in the defense? It's that, and it, then it branch out like a tree, you know, do this if this happened, do this if this happened, and just go all the way down. So it's a little bit more, uh, you, well, you react to what the defense team is, like, throwing at you mostly. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, though, obviously, you should prep your strategy. I mean, that's oh, yeah. part of what scrims are for, for you to really work out your the flexibility. Because obviously, you can't do that in a dry run. But it, no. scrims are really, I think scrims are even more so sometimes for attack than they are for defense. Because defense, yeah, you can look for holes and counters, but you, you really need to scrim if you want to work on your attack strats because that's so much more variable and you need to have a lot more you can deal with. I mean, in some ways, like I hate to say ranked play is good for anything, but if it's good for one thing, it's dealing with really stupid, weird plays on defense when it comes to attack strats. So if you really want to see how flexible your attack strat can be, play ranked because it's just the you, you know the the old syndrome of why was he there who would play that was, spot i right? like the syndrome like, yep that's just always that's that's my favorite thing to hear from pro players when you watch them play ranked is why would you do that like well that's that's well, that what you have to deal with man like you can't just assume i mean honestly my dream is for 2019 for there to be no meta for us to never even say the word meta in 2019 Oof. because there's so much variability to team. yeah them playing to their own strengths and stay instead of playing copycat bs with like other team strats like oh hey look this montane strat thing worked for one team let's all do it now like yeah. i hate to see the copycat we even saw like um i think it was cryptic on cafe against uh fanatic this weekend on the finals copying the penta which is now also penta eg montane push on cafe top like uh no like we see another team copying it but then we see the teams trying to copy the the monte take onto bank floor or bank uh, basement and it's like have i don't even know if i've seen that work once yet like this season for any team besides penta it's like it, people need to stop just blindly copying stuff like try it in a scrim unless and it works exceptionally well just do your own thing it's it's the case with a lot of teams that their old strategy is all right so we're starting around, we have a general idea of what's going on in the current meta, of what we need to do. And what they do then is just watch some top tier team and like, all right, they're doing this. Why aren't we doing this? And then they just do it, they copy, try to do it better. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't fit their playstyle and it just yeah. miserably fail, I guess. Sometimes it yeah, works, know, like, sometimes it works, but. For example, me and you were doing that experiment uh, that we were working on with, with how to like kind of format and collect strats for like a strat playbook for, for defense. And like the one example I, I used just cause I had it documented well was an EG strat for defense on Oregon uh, dorms. What I think is interesting, for example, with that one is that leads heavily on Canadians ability to play pulse really well, for example. Yeah. So like if other teams just try to copy and paste that strat, like it's great to understand some of the elder elements of that strat, but if you can't play pulse as well, I think you fall apart on that strat. As and well. so I think, Hey, you, if you can't play Montaigne as well as Fabian and Pengu can, don't don't bring Montaigne just to bring Montaigne and like I feel like one up is a team for example that really plays to what they can do well and I think a, a team that I didn't really like that much in the past Mouse has really shown me this season like impressive like playing the way they want to play the way that they're strong at playing and I think 
that's why they're shining as a team this season and why I really like what they're doing. So, similar to what F3 have done in the past as well. They, you know, play your own way, play what you play to your strengths as a team. And I think sometimes a good coach can really bring that out to say like, these are, this is what you guys are good at. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be an analyst coach, but just like even a coach that just looks at the strengths, looks at like when people do well versus when team, people don't like we've talked in the past, in these podcasts about like, Hey, when someone just seems to be on the wrong role, like, and you see how yeah. much they struggle on it. Like a good coach should be there to say like, this is how you guys should be playing, figure out, you know, the strats around that if the coach isn't the strat maker, but these are your strengths, like play around those. And I think I would love to see by 2019 teams really getting more in that place so that we have eight teams that all have their own unique characteristics, their own unique play styles, and they aren't just leaning on the flavor of the month. And, you know, the team that for me fully understood that and is doing it every time they play is Vitality. Vitality is playing their own thing, and they don't care they about kinda the They always kind of have. They rarely adapted new operators for a while. In fact, this is the season where yeah. I've really started to see them bring up new operators, but previous seasons, they were still playing like year one operators most of the time. Yeah, and you, you know, they, they have their own play style. You can't, <laughs> I mean, you can't well, take what they do for granted. It's like... You can't during the last 20 seconds of a yeah. push. I mean, that's their strategy, and it works <laughs> so far. I mean, just at it the Gamers okay, Assembly, yeah. I'm going to take the Gamers Assembly because it's yeah. the perfect example um, of what Vitality is doing. The final on Border attack on uh, Custom still is a 5v5. There's zero second on the timer. The bomb is going down. They yeah. won. They won. They were the attacking team, and they won. Zero second, 5v5, planning the diffuser. They won that. It's just mind blowing. That's that's pretty. That's a norm for them. A yeah. lot. Like yeah. I, I, the the problem I have though is like there's gonna be teams that can counter that well, and that's where there's gonna be a big weakness for them. And that's where I, what I worry about is them just leading too much on playing that way, in terms of like not being able to adapt to anything else, and that being a real problem for them. Yeah, I mean, the, the upcoming week, uh, game this week are gonna be uh, somewhat interesting. Well, I mean, I say somewhat, but it's gonna be fully interesting because it's going to be uh you know the team that are going to LAN mostly uh the two winners yeah. of this week's for both match are going to go to LAN so uh for NA it's going to be either uh EG or SK or Space Station or Rogue um on one side you have EG SK and Space Station Rogue those are the two games uh like we said I think EG is going to go and Rogue's going to go for NA but you know there's place for a surprise I guess it just takes, on this format, it just takes one bad week and you're out. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. And then, of course, we have relegations coming up after that. Yep. And, uh, you know, before that as well, there's going to be season finals or finals for Challenger League that will kind of help shape stuff towards, uh, you know, how those relegations will go down. And, like, some of the teams might wash out. Like, we might see or CLG finally just wash out or get their act together. So I think there's a lot of like really interesting... Yeah, we, we kind of know who's probably going to land, but what we don't know for sure right now yeah. is who's just dropping out of Pro League altogether or who's Ants, coming into Challenger League. And dropping out of Pro League. I don't want to live in this world. Well, you know what? They just Much like CLG, dude, they coasted too yeah. much, too far, too long, and that just shows every other team out there. You can't They're get too caught comfortable. Up. Yeah, people are just going to catch, catch up. It's... It's only going to get harder to stick around in this in this uh, world. Although, to be fair, I feel like still like pretty much every team that's around and all the pro league players for the most part are basically people that have been playing since beta. Like, it's going to take a while before people that are newer to the game are able to catch up. Like, there's a big lag, and I think it's like that with like Counter Strike, a lot of other games as well, where trying to like catch up to this level will take a while. So anyone who wasn't playing back in those days is still going to take a while before they start to take stuff off of the new people. But we're slowly seeing it happen. And obviously Xbox players came in and started taking stuff up like Vitality have or yep. like CLG was before they started getting too comfortable or heck actually mouse. A lot of them are former Xbox players and a lot of them. Yep. So it's definitely, it's definitely having an impact. So um, as far as when the, someone was asking Delta actually said a couple things. I just want to just, so first off if uh, the whole meta thing works, what's the problem with it? Honestly, there's not, if it works for your team, it's not a problem. Do it. That's what we're talking about is just do what works for your team. Do what works for your players. Don't just, copy the meta just to copy the meta but copy it if it works hell yeah like if you can play that strat well do it then fine 
I have no problem with that. That's that's just learning from the best and copying what works for you. But as long as you're only copying what works for you. I mean, as far as when do DreamHack qualifiers start, I don't know for sure. I don't know what the the way DreamHack is going to work. I know there's like, isn't it a bring your own computer open to an extent too? So like, if you're not in Challenger League or Pro League, then I think the only way to get in is like, I don't know if there will be any kind of open qualifiers. I thought it was just bring your own computer. And maybe you know more, Helby. I'm not sure. No, sorry, what? As far as how you get it, how you qualify for GMAC, I don't know. I, I don't think. I think no. it's just bring your own computer. I don't think there's anything like announced. I, I'm not yeah, super. That, uh, I, yeah, DreamHack usually you bring your computer. I think I think there's invites for Challenger and Pro League teams. I I don't know how it will work for uh, Pro Six competition. But, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it's different. Maybe Ubisoft have some you know uh, special contract. There's a lot of variable we're not aware of, and it's oh, really Alex, hard. Alex brings up a good point about how it might work and that what that might create some variabilities. That um, if so, normally when you go to a land right, it seems that have qualified for like pro league, and and so they get paid for by ESL to take them yeah. out there, right, to fly them out. And which actually, just to bring this up in case anyone didn't see that news, coaches are now included in that, which is fantastic. Yeah. So uh, especially for for teams that are flying from very far, like Jay Dizzle coming from Australia. That will be good that they're covered for that. So uh, that'll be awesome. We'll see more, more and more coaches at land, which was great to see. For example, BK and a Ranger up on stage at Invitational was awesome. It was great. Um, so that that will be a factor. And then, um, so if when it comes to DreamHack, though, what Alex is saying is that uh, teams have to pay their own way. So that means the orgs pretty much have to pay for it. Uh, so that's the case where there will be some teams that probably just don't go. Like, cause if it's just an open well, invite, if basically DreamHack says anyone who's in Challenge League or Pro League is allowed to come, and they automatically are qualified to be yeah. in it, but you have to pay your own way, then maybe we'll only see the bigger org teams go, or the ones that are just really willing to risk the money on potentially no return. And you know, Challenge League is probably going to be the one who suffer most of it. But you know, NA, you can travel depending on where it is, right? But uh, Southern USA is accessible, I guess. You can, you can drive there. Yeah, I imagine NA orgs will, will be a lot more present. So I think we might see it more NA lopsided yeah. in terms of uh, teams just because of that. So, But, I mean, but, it's the first time, so it's a, it's a new process. And, uh, we'll, oh, apparently, we'll Alex says Rogue, is, Rogue and EG are already confirmed to go so, uh, on their own website. So. so. Yeah, I would assume so too. I would too, assume but so. You never know. Yeah, so I would imagine the other ones. I would like. To, I would like to see Mouse go. Like I said, I've been impressed with them. I'd like to see them and SK both go. Those are decent orgs that should be able to afford it. Um, I would love to see Space Station go, but I don't know what that org can do. Um, oh, so uh, it's hard to say on that one. I think we'll see them. I mean, I'm going to make so. a bold prediction, but I think we'll see them. I mean, even if players have to pay their own way at this point, I'd like to see them all show. I'd love to see all of NA represent. Yeah. Even Hat. I mean, it's the first NA land, so I would assume. Most of them are going to try to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine there's some people that might just go just to watch. Um, but if you have to haul your own equipment, your own like, I don't know if so. I don't know if the pro league and challenger league teams have to bring their own computer. They might not. It might just be the open that people have to bring their own computer. But Maybe. at the same time, you still have to fly out your keyboard and mouse and some of that other stuff too. Yeah, so keep that in mind. But I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully more details are available somewhere at some point if they're not so, already, and I just don't know where they're at. Maybe, maybe we can get Finn or someone else to do a nice big post on the, the, the subreddit at some point, like summarizing how the whole DreamHack system works for us, because I've never been to a DreamHack. I don't know super well how it, uh, how it works. It's, it's technically the first NA land Delta in terms of like uh, proper America, like not Canada, not Mexico, yeah. and, and, and in terms of PC only, because we did have um two xbox lands that were in america we had pax which was season one for pax boston for um the xbox season one finals and then season two finals were in burbank la area but neither but uh burbank didn't really have an audience and pax like obviously had their pax audience but that wasn't really the same thing and uh and yes i am i will be at austin uh dreamhack so i think uh i mean nothing's 100 percent confirmed but i think we'll all be there so gonna be great and i mean a lot of people are like, first NA LAN, no, there was the Invitational, but the Invi Invitational is not really accessible to anyone. Yes, they say there's an open quals, but we all know it's going to be a Pro League team that's just better than everyone. And it's, you know, Challenger League, have a shot, but not all that much. They're not in Pro League, so obviously they 
getting wrecked by a pro league team it's it's just you know the first land that is not related to the pro league directly yeah and obviously we did have like invitationals that wasn't related directly but it was an na land so we always yeah. we can't always forget invitationals because we've had two of those in na it is weird to think of canada as part of na but it definitely is as helby knows I only say that for Helby's benefit. I don't really care about Canada. Just, just kidding. Canada's great. Just, You're fired. There's not a lot going on there. Fired. Yeah, there's a lot of snow. But, uh, much but no, on. it's cool to have two NA lands. Not only the you know the first big NA land for this like this, but it's two in a row. Like Atlantic City and then DreamHack. It's like it's crazy. Like I hope a lot of people can like that are flying from abroad can just stay in North America long enough to just go to both because they're like two weeks apart. Like if you can yeah, manage that, that's really right. cool. You're right. Two weeks apart. That's going to be... I mean, it's just great to have more competition. Just more. Please. Well, what will Thank actually you. be really cool is, um, in theory, then what can happen for a lot of the, the foreign teams is since the, uh, the, the Pro League finals happen first, right? What, it, what in theory is a lot of the, when ESL flies the teams out, if the teams can just set the return date to be after... Well, no, that's guess. tricky. They'd have to have a different return to airport, too. But, like, like you know, because if they could stay and... and you know, stay around and then just have the uh, the orgs. All they have to pay for then is just traveling to Austin. And uh, if that's if that's all they have to pay for as part of that, from just Atlantic City to Austin, that should be terribly expensive. And maybe we'll see a lot more foreign teams at DreamHack just because those two are so close together. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to be the first time we've had, like I said, DreamHack. Uh, interesting to see how it goes, how it's going to be uh, played out. Who's gonna go there and who's gonna? I mean, I think it's fair to assume we're gonna see Penta. Penta's gonna be there for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. And Penta are the kind of team too that will, will come in a week early in boot camp. And I yeah. think there's a good chance they'll do that. EG will probably also be boot camp yeah. first. They'll stay, you know, in between the two, just boot camp still. Yeah, I, I so I imagine a lot of people will be flying out early. Obviously, pay attention to their Twitters, and you'll probably find out if they're flying out early or not, and, and get an idea which teams are boot camping. And of course, that's always a good sign of which team might be going all the way because they're investing in a week long boot camp before it. They're going to be good, but that also means there's two chances for a lot of these teams to win a LAN, you know, within that two week span, which is cool. So let's say you lose, you know, Atlantic City. But you've got like you you take those two weeks. You could boot camp after as well. Learn from what happened during that, and then two weeks later, be able to do another land event and have a second chance. I think it's I don't know. There's a lot of really cool perks and opportunities with the way these two lands are working out. So back to back, and I think it's I think it's really nice. I mean, just in general, I think we can say this year three of Rainbow Six nutty going to be one of the like most thrilling year to follow. This is. Big, big time the turning point for sure for this game. Yeah, As this if it wasn't already, point. but January like was the turning point for this game. Like the, the when it hit twenty eighteen, this game was like on the on the freaking map at this point. But uh, but anyways, I think that about wraps this up for this debrief episode. Thanks for people who actually tune in live, which is nice to see some some good people showing up in the chat, not actually being broken this time, which is yeah. Cool. It was great. But, uh, That's. About it for the week. I mean, the next week is going to be interesting. Like we said, we're going to know the teams that are going to be confirmed going to LAN, and the teams that are going to go back home for what's left of the season. And, uh, you know, I think in general, a more interesting week uh, that is coming our way than the previous one we've had, uh, just in general. Uh, prediction for the day, for these weeks? I think we went over it a little bit earlier, but uh, on a final note, I'll go with mine uh, for NA, EG. Rogue, I think, and for Enzo. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty easy for NA, like NA EG Rogue. Yeah, that's, that's easy. Easy for Latam too. Phase and Liquid. I think that's. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I mean. I think that's unless, it. Uh, Black Dragons aren't bad though. Like unless if if Phase have fallen off, then Black Dragons have a chance. But yeah, it's probably Phase Liquid. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and then for EU, I think, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go Penta with versus Vitality, but. I'm gonna go Penta one up. But hopefully Vitality can, you know, shake things up in EU. Yeah, I, I think uh, I mean it's I think it's very likely to be Penta one up. But uh, I would love to see Vitality at least take a map off Penta. You know the way that they lost a map earlier in the uh, the plays against Millennium. Yeah. And then Millennium, I, I think have it could be again another two one. But I would like to, I I would, I would think one up would win that. I like I like I said I would like to see this go Penta one up to finals. I yeah. 
that, that that's exactly what I want to. And I mean, for APAC, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a bold prediction, but I think it's gonna be Fnatic and Nora Rengo. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh God. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. If you guys are listening, thanks on for YouTube, being there. Share the YouTube around, let people know about it, because obviously, like we, we get the benefit of, of YouTube being suggested to other people sometimes. But I think it really helps if you share it to other people as well, so that the algorithm knows who might be interested and who to share it to. So make sure to to share the podcast to anyone else who's like who just likes talking about this kind of stuff or being interested in talking about it. Talk to it about your friends or with your friends about the different matches and stuff like that. And uh, and hopefully we can continue to grow this discussion. And uh, and see you guys next week. Maybe we can get some something going to post uh, lands for the next two lands. Um, you know, I imagine Helby will probably be at least at one of those, if not both of those. Maybe we could do something at one of those live. Try at one point. We'll we'll see what we can work out. But uh, we'll catch you guys next Sunday for sure. Fly me in, Ubisoft. Yeah. Well, Goodbye. If you don't have the hookups to work that work that out, then no one does. <laughs> All right. Later, guys. All right. Bye.